Good morning, Live Spring. Man, I was told that this was supposed to be a low attendance service, and you know, it was pretty good. You guys showed up. No, that means you all went to bed before midnight, right? That's what that means? No? Uh, well, I am Braden Bergeron. He just announced me. I am on staff here at church. Um, so I work alongside these amazing pastors that we have, and I lead the youth, the young adults, the tech, the communications. I don't do much here. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but uh, I hope you had a great Christmas. Uh, who is here Christmas Eve service? Does anyone? Yeah, I think most of us, considering we had over 250 people here. Wow, praise the Lord. Now, half of that was Ashley's family, uh, because Ashley is the oldest of nine. So she, she, you know, most of it was her family. No, it, it was a great service. It was so powerful. My wife was just amazing. The play that she produced, the amount of work she put in, it was just so amazing. But more than that, we're just believing that there's people that really were changed that night and made a decision for Jesus. And that was what it was all about. So thank you for anyone who's in the choir, who's in the play. Thank you. We couldn't have done it without you. Uh, We had a Christmas Day service here. It was awesome. It was like 40, 50 of us. But man, I was to tears with with the joy and the faith in this room as we're just reading the Christmas story, praying, sharing what we're thankful for. It was just a special time that we had, and I hope you guys had a great New Year celebration. Like I said, uh, I, I thought I was told this was going to be the lowest attendance Sunday on average. <laughs> every, every year, the one after Christmas, it's the one least attended. But, you know, I, I just felt when they asked me to preach, the Lord just really spoke to me and said, you need to do this. And so here I am right now, and, you know, every Monday night we have our youth group here. We have about 20, 20-ish students uh, in and out, depending on the Monday. But you would think that every time I get up to speak, I'd be less and less nervous. But I'm nervous every single time. Now I'm nervous. I'm, I, I'm getting better at hiding it, but I'm nervous. Now I'm nervous every time I get up to speak. But, you know, I think it's a good thing because I really care. I really care, LifeSpring. I really care that we collectively hear the Lord this morning. That my words wouldn't just be from my brain. But I care that it's led and inspired by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And I want us all to leave changed. Because if we're hearing the Word of God, we should leave changed. Not because of my words, but because of Jesus. So can we pray that this morning together? Because we're not spectators in the kingdom of God. We're not here just to receive. We're here to engage with the Lord. So let's, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you just come? Lord, we just ask for you. Lord, would you just speak to us today? We walked in here with whatever we had in our minds, Lord, but today we want to engage with you. Not just listening to the speaker up here, but Lord, we want to be active listeners today to what you want to say. Lord, would you give me the ability to not speak my words, Lord, but speak your words, your truth. And Lord, would anything I speak that's not from you just fall away. But Lord, those that are from you, Lord, would it stick to our hearts? Would it be a sticky, a sticky word from you today? That it wouldn't leave us and that we would leave change, not just for a day, but that we'd make this choice every day of our lives. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I mean, I feel like my sermon was preached like a lot of times today with the new year and stuff. And, but, you know, it's, mine's a little bit different. I, you know, I think some of you probably expect that I'm coming up here and to preach on this like, new year, new me, woo Like they say every time, yeah, new year, new me, which is just a really silly thing in our culture. I, I just, I don't get it. 
um, because we get excited about all these changes that now we can make in our life on this day um, because it's gonna, now my life's going to be, be way better and perfect and th- things are going to be great because it's a new me. I'm going to eat right, which is a good thing. I'm going to work out more, which is a good thing. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to vacation more. I'm going to love myself better. I'm going to rest more. Man, that's going to really make me happy and fix everything if I do those things. And like I said, having goals is great. You should have goals. But Jesus is the only thing that will satisfy you. And so today, I, I know the older I get, and I'm not that old, right? I'm 20, I don't know how old I am. Somewhere in the 20s. <laughs> I have three kids, so sometimes it's like, well, I feel older than I am, whatever. Um, but I'm not that old. But what I'm learning as I become an adult and more mature is that, you know, no matter if it was 2020 COVID year, you know, 2021 came around, and I was like, this is going to be so much better. Well, guess what? It's still hard, just in different ways. 2022 came around. Guess what? It was still hard in just different ways. And I'm sorry, but 2023 will probably still be hard, just in different ways. That we can expect, but our circumstances, the thing of this world, is going to be still hard at times. And that's the end of my sermon. No, I'm just that would be really bu- that would be a bummer. <laughs> I would never be asked to preach again. <laughs> and so we can all just bow our heads and pray and we're done. Okay, no. <laughs> but when I was praying about what to speak on today, I really felt like I was supposed to lean in on a purpose. Is what is our purpose in 2023? And re-engage our minds on what our true purpose is. So I'm going to start by reading this verse in Proverbs. It's 921. It says, Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'm going to read it one more time. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. You know, I, I kind of did some, went deeper into this, and I kind of looked at the original language that was used in the Old Testament, which is Hebrew, because I really, whatever, that word prevail really stood out to me. It's like, so what does that actually mean in this? And a better, tr- it was, the word was qualm. I don't know if I'm, pronouncing that right. I thought I listened to it. Maybe it's that. Um, but a better translation of that word might actually be will stand. So it will stand. So God's prom- the Lord's promises and purposes will stand. So in other words, if you think about it this way, we have all of our plans and purposes in our hearts, but they will fall. All of them. But the Lord's purposes for us are the only ones that stand. That those are the only ones that will stand. You see, church, I think if we're honest with ourselves, some of us still want purposes and plans and desires of our heart. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 60 years or a year, or you've not given your life to Jesus. There is something in us, our flesh, that continually wants us to give over to the desires, purposes, plans of our heart. And then somehow we get shocked or surprised when plans don't seem to work out. (laughs) In other words, it loses its footing. But when we align ourselves with the Lord's purposes and plans, we can walk in confidence that we just sang about it, that he will never fail. He will never fail. I'm going to tell a little bit of a story. It's a longer story. I promise there's a point to it, but it's pretty funny. Um, so when we started to get grocery shopping, this happened like three months ago. We were all in grocery shopping as a family and trying to take three kids to Walmart. <laughs> and when one's four, one's three, and one's a newborn... One's our newborn's amazing. She's a blessing. She doesn't cry at all. She's great. But the other one's want to touch everything. And you're like, no, 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 we can't buy that. Nope, nope, nope. And it's so hard. But we did this thing afterwards where if they were really good, we came, we came to the end uh, where we checked out and we went out to the parking lot. And Ember goes, I was in the cart with Ember. And then I had Tatum's car seat kind of resting on it. 
And Ember goes, we got to beat Mom and, and Willow to the car. And I was like, oh, yeah. I got my competitive for you. I was like, and so I'm sprinting. There's cars. Like, people are looking at me like, this is responsible for your kids. And we're sprinting through the parking lot to our car. Tatum's, like, bouncing up and down. And it was really bad. But we run, and we, and we win. And Ember's, like, so happy. Yes, we won. We won. And Willow's like, woohoo, Yeah, she had fun. She didn't care. Um, and we kept doing that a couple times uh, when we got done with the stores. Well, a couple months, a couple weeks ago, we went to Victoria's Country Christmas at the fair. And as we got back from the fair, we, we were in our carts. And we were riding a stroller. I had a stroller with Ember and Tatum in it as well. Willow was walking with Mom in the parking lot. And Ember goes, we got to race again. And I was like, okay, let's do it. I was like, let's go. And I'm, I'm about to win, right? I'm really close to winning. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't let Ashley win. But when I ran past Ashley, she said one word. She said, Brayden. And I knew immediately. She's like, you won last time. Let Willow win. <laughs> like, I just knew. She didn't have to say anything. And so I slowed up, and I let Willow and Mom win. And Ember, we hit the car, and Ember looks down and looks up at me and then looks over and saw that they beat us and just goes, no, I want to win, and just starts bawling about And she was so mad at me and bawling about, I want to win. This is not fair. I, this, that's why I don't want what I want. And you know, I tell you that story, one, because it's funny, and it was a good teaching moment for Ember, right? She, you can't get what you want. You can't always win at life. But, but when I was correcting her, I felt the Lord said that sometimes I still want what I want. And it was really weird because, yeah, I don't, I think some of us, we don't cry and verbally, like, scream on the outside. Maybe some of us do. But we still are inside screaming when the Lord asks us to do something that we don't want to do, or when we think we need something to be happy and we're not getting it, or it's not our way, or we're not winning at life, that we're screaming on the inside and throwing a fit tantrum on the inside. And so I just, I just want to, it all comes back to why do we do that? And what is your purpose in? And when do you feel like, where do you feel like you found your purpose? When is that even aligned? When, because we want what we want, and unfortunately, sometimes we set our purposes on external things. And some of these things are part of life, but it's not what we can fix our eyes on, and it's money. Our purposes are about money, how much money I make that year. Success, whatever that means. Success is so broad now, you don't even know. Health, yes, we want to be healthy, we want to eat, we want to do good, but we set our purpose on that. That's what's going to change us. Fame, oh, finally I get recognition. I get, because I've been working really hard, I've been doing this thing, I want recognition. That's, that's my purpose. Politics, and I've seen people throw actual fits over politics. I think we all have actual screaming fits, like my ember, where they don't get what you want, where your people don't win. It's, it's, it's life over. And so many things are part of your life. Yes, we need money. Yes, we want to be healthy. Yes, we, want to, we, we would love it if our politician, we loved wins. But we need, it's danger when it becomes our purpose in life. And here's what I think happens. I think it happens with us, without us even realizing that we put our purpose and our hope in those things. But as a follower of Jesus, these things are not our purpose that God has for you, for me, or us as a church. These things do not control my life because why? These things will all pass away. These things are not what remains. You know, I'm going to be vulnerable here. When my purpose, I felt when my purpose is unaligned, when I don't, when I don't forget what my purpose is in Christ, that here's a couple things that, that tend to come out in me. One, I have a really unhealthy relationship with sports in, in a lot of ways. And I think people can relate, especially some men in the room, where sometimes I'll even get angry. 
And I, I don't do it a lot, but I'll be like, it'll ruin my day. And I'm like, why am I so angry that this person lost? I can't the game. I get so frustrated that it's even like that. Or even if I'm not angry, I just feel like it's consuming me. It's like part of me. And somehow I feel like my identity and purpose is being pushed into that sport. Right? Money. When I, have a, when I find my purpose in money, this is what I feel. I feel like I don't have enough. I start thinking I need more. I, I deserve more. This is not fair. Recognition from others is what happens to my purpose on the line. I, I feel like I want to be getting attention and doing what I want. Like, I deserve to be seen and seen while all I do and this attention. And, and my purpose in life cannot be based on if the Huskies win. It can't. It can't. And the Huskies did win, by the way. Woo! Yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They did win. Go dogs. 11-2 uh, this season. Wow, what a turnaround. But even if all sports went away or my sports team lost, that can't be what my purpose is in. Right? If I make a good amount of money and own a house, I would love that. Yes, that's amazing. But it can't be my purpose. It can't be what drives me. You know, I, I rent a house, and it's amazing. Actually, Sonia and Steve Harden, they blessed us with an amazing deal to rent this house. And it's such a blessing. So thank you for that. But we don't own anything, and we can't. And yeah, we would love it. But guess what? Yeah, I want to be good stewards with the money that the Lord gives me. That, those are all things that are true. But that cannot be my purpose. I trust the Lord with that. That is not going to drive me in my life. Money will never drive me. Recognition for the skills I have that don't even come from me. None of that drives me. Why? Because all of those things will fail me. All of them. Because I'm not going to have enough money sometimes. It's not going to satisfy me. I'm going to fail. I'm, going to, I'm not going to be recognized when I feel like I deserve it. My sports team is going to lose, especially if you're a Seahawks fan. They're going to lose. <laughs> but if I, if I rely on those things, then w- w- I, I don't know what my purpose is, then I'll be lost. I'll just be lost. The world sucks. That's what I think all the time. What is my, what is my goal here? Why am I even here? Am I, here's what I'm going to say something else. Your purpose also isn't really just about making you happy. And that's really hard to hear, <laughs> that your purpose isn't really about you making you happy. But yes, one of your purposes is to have a personal relationship with God, with our Father. That is one of our purposes being here. We need that personal relationship. But it's also this. And I'm about to read this next verse. And I feel like we do this because we talk about it and we read it and we just read it because we know it. And I just want you to really focus that this is what our purpose comes down to. This is what the Bible tells us to do. And Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. That is our goal and purpose. Your purpose really isn't always just straight about you. However, living by this purpose, let me tell you this, it's the most fulfilling way you can live your life. It is. Because a relationship with God and all those things offers so much love, hope, peace. We talked about joy. And you not only get a personal relationship with our Father, like we were made for, but we also get to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. We get to reach others for the kingdom of God. We do. And, you know, and our goals, our goals in this purpose, we're the exact same, right? Our goal is to reach people for Jesus. Everyone. That is our goal. That is our goal, to have personal relationship and, and point everyone to Jesus. But the way we do that, is, and, and in different contexts, is all different. And it's all important. But it's completely different. See, my purpose, and 
I try to think of like, hey, if I'm thinking of myself, and I, I kind of use this word eternal mindset. If I had an eternal mindset of my life, what is my actual purpose? Because why am I here? This life is a, is a blip in my, in my whatever span of life. But there's an eternity. There's eternity. If I have an eternal mindset about what my life really means, here are the things I came up with. To raise my three beautiful girls, to train them up and equip them to be true disciples of Jesus. To love and to work beside my wife, pushing her in her purpose and relationship with Christ. To press into my personal relationship with God. To daily let myself be transformed to look more like Christ. And then shine that to everyone around me through my actions and my words. To be a light to the lost and the seeking. But to me, if I look at an eternal mindset, those are the things that matter in my life, to me. Those, that's what I get my purpose from. That is what my purpose stems from. And my eternal, if I look at the world as it should be, as just a stopping point, that the things that matter is who am I going to be with in heaven? Who is going to be beside me? How am I going to be close to Jesus now, even though I'm not physically with him, but his spirit is with me? How am I going to grow that relationship? How am I going to read the word? How am I going to dive into him? How am I going to reach other people for him, be a light to others? How, how am I going to make my three beautiful girls all fall in love with Jesus? And it's not necessarily on me, but I'm going to try everything I can. And that's my purpose. And when I have fully surrendered to Jesus and my life and my purpose on this life on earth, I am fulfilled no matter what is going on around me. I am fulfilled. Because my purpose and joy has nothing to do with my external circumstances. Nothing. Nothing. It doesn't change. You know, the verse we all know by heart, most of us probably, you know, my grandma forced us to memorize it. We were driving on a road trip to uh, Salt Lake, no, not Salt Lake, Moab, Utah. We were going to the arches, and it was really awesome. We, and I remember I was a middle schooler, and my grandma made us repeat it again and again and again and again until we memorized it. And it was Jeremiah 29, 11, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. But what I didn't know when I was memorizing is the context around what was actually going on when that was read, right? When I got older, I started to be, wait, that, that says that, but what about what's around it? And so Jeremiah 10 through 14, it says, This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promises to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I have found you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. Now I'll bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. You know, their hope and future and purpose wasn't based on their circumstances right now. They still had 70 years. <laughs> That's crazy. They're, they're in captivity. These people are exiled. They're in captivity. They have no land. They, they have nothing. But yet the Lord's purposes, hope, and promises remain. Remain the same. And you and I, we have that same hope. We have that same purpose and plan. That we're going to be way better. They're all going to be way better. All those plans and purposes than if we did it on our own. A purpose that goes beyond things of this world. Even if everything in the world is failing. Even if something, we have something that no people, no person, nothing can take that away from us. Because we have a relationship with Christ. 
a God-given purpose, a hope, a peace, and joy that passes all understanding. Those are things that no matter what circumstances, nothing can take away from us. For example, if all of our worldly desires failed, if I lost my job, if my health failed, if my finances were tight, if sports vanished from the world, if people were mad at me, my favorite politician lost, a family member passed away, I can still look at my purpose in Christ and I can say, yeah, this year was hard. But, and my best friend died. But I led someone to Christ at work. Yes, money is tight. But I'm becoming more like Christ through all of it. And I've walked with this person from church and discipled them this year and got to see them come alive in Jesus. That yes, people were mad at me and mocked me for my faith. But guess what? My kids this year, they started to want to know more about Jesus. Me and my wife grew closer together and we discipled our children even more effectively this year. Because that's what the purpose is. Yes, it was hard. Yes, bad things happened. But guess what? My purpose never failed. Because I, I can look back at it and I can say, you know, my, I can look back at my year and say, man, God is good. I love Jesus. And I was used by him to fulfill my purpose. That's what I can say. And that will never fail. But here's a problem I tend to see in, in the, a lot of in the American culture in our church and and just churches all around is, is, well, that's a perfect person's job. That is the pastor's job to reach others. And sometimes even the extreme, that's a pastor's job to have that personal intimate relationship with Jesus. No one else can have that. Well, in reality, the Bible makes it clear that actually we would fulfill that purpose better together. <laughs> that a pastor and you. That it doesn't matter. It, we, this is why church is important because it's not a one-man show up here. You know, just because it's not a spectator sport, you know, just because I'm up here and I work here doesn't change your purpose. And it doesn't make mine different. It doesn't. But the way we do them are very different. And the areas we do them are very different. Some of you do them at a hospital. Some of you do them at Walmart. Some of you do them on a stage at church. Some of you do them in your families. We should all be doing it in our families. But that is what we're doing. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 13 says, Just as a body through one has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, then we were give, all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is, made up of, is not made up of one part, but many. So Paul, Paul here in this letter, he's even specifically talking about even a church service. And he's like, well, one person's the hand and one person's the foot and you need each other. One's not better than the other. You shouldn't wish to be one. You shouldn't wish to be the other. Play your part. Play your part. And that's what he's even talking about. And, 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 that, and if you are at church, guess what? Find your part. Because you, if you're showing up here just to receive, you have a part to play. If you're a Christian in this room, you have a part to play. You have a purpose to reach others for Christ. In church, if you're not connected to a community, find it. Because it's so important. I have found so much growth in community. Yes, I get offended. Yes, people hurt me. But guess what? I also get challenged. I also get walked with when I'm having a hard thing. For every moment where I was hurt, there's another moment that really restored me and, and I grew me uh, through community. But even outside of church, we all have different things that God gives us, different environments, different circles of people in our lives, each one of us. And we all have a part to play in the kingdom of God. All of us. And it isn't just a special person's calling. I just want to really make that clear. It's not just a special person's calling. 
There's no celebrity pastor culture in the kingdom of God. There isn't. I know we have these celebrity pastors now and these people, but you have just an important part to play as that person. It's going to look different, but you do. You do. Because God uses broken things, and in his weakness, we are made strong. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing. The question is, yeah, I want you to ask yourself, are you playing your part? Are you playing your part? And you could have been in the past, but I'm talking about right now. Because we're constantly needing to evaluate. Because you might have 20 years ago, but are you playing it right now? Are you playing your part? Can you look back in the eternal mindset of things and say, I am really trying to fulfill my purpose in Christ. And I am actually trying to find my purpose in the right things. Or are we finding our purpose in the other things around us? Because the reality is, is that even if you're trying, I just want to also say this, is that the enemy is working really hard to distract you from that. Constantly. This world and the enemy around you is trying to say, These, you, the, don't forget about that purpose. The money is what's important. The things are what's important. That's what your purpose, you know, that, that's what makes sense. And even this week was so hard for me. <laughs> and I just knew it because I, I even told Ashley at one point, I was like, I don't even know how I'm going to preach right now. Like, there's so much stuff going on right now. And I just know the enemy, because part of my purpose, to fulfill my purpose, is the Lord told me to speak today. And so this is part of fulfilling that. To hopefully, what, train up each other, to build up each other, but also to hopefully reach someone who doesn't know Jesus. That's why I'm speaking today, for that, to fulfill my purpose. But this week was really hard. On, on, the day before Christmas Eve service, we all had a 24-hour stomach, but we were just puking it. We couldn't hold anything. And we had to come here, me, Ashley, all the girls, we had to come here and do a service. And we, weren't feeling, we were feeling better, but we, we still were weak and everything. And because of that sickness, on Christmas Day, I thought I was having a heart attack because I, I, pa- I almost passed out. My heart was racing a million miles a minute. My whole left side of my body was numb, which, by the way, is a sign of a heart attack. <laughs> It's scary. And I was laying down, and my, and my stepmom is a nurse practitioner, and I called her, and, and she walked me through, and I was just so dehydrated from throwing up the other day that it gave me that symptom. And the whole body, I had a pinched nerve in my neck that was affecting my whole nervous system. And it just sucked. <laughs> it was terrible, and I still feel the effects of that going on. Uh, Ember, on Wednesday night, it wasn't, this wasn't a huge deal, but there's just so much happening. Ember, she hits her chin on a speaker that we have, and it, need, it, it was so deep that we had to go to the hospital to get it glued and stitched back together, like, at, at, at I think, 10 p.m. at night. And so there was all these things happening, and, and there was even more. And we had a financial scare, me and Ashley. We had to work through some things. And there was just so much where the enemy and the world was trying to distract me from my purposes. And, yeah, I had to deal with those things. Yes, they're part of my life. I'm not going to ignore them. Yes, I want to get healthier. Yes, I want to try to figure out financially to be wiser. Things like that. Those are good goals to have in the new year. But I was trying, the Lord, the enemy was trying to make me forget what my purpose is and to take it away. Because I told Ashley, I literally said it out loud. I said, I don't want to, I don't know if I can share. I'm just so stressed out by everything else going on around me. That he was trying to steal my purpose. And the enemy maybe has or is trying to steal that from you. Your purpose by telling you lies, by having things come up in your household, and maybe you found yourself, well, you know, I'm not going to be used by Christ that way because I have too much other things going on. That is totally what the enemy wants. That is what the enemy wants for you. That, that is, and, and it hurts because it happens to all of us and it happens to me. And but I had to remember that all those things around me—they're temporary. They all are temporary. My relationship with Jesus. And the ability to help other people get a relationship with Jesus, that will never fail. 
That will never end. That, it, it, just, it, will, it will be always constant. It will be always there. And everything we should do should be done to fulfill that purpose. And why should that be done that way? Well, because if you think about it, with the eternal mindset, it's the only thing that really matters. It really is. Everything around us is failing. Everything around us is corroding. Everything around us is falling apart. Everything around us is burning. But there's one thing that's not burning. And that's our relationship with Jesus. And you know what? When, when I'm here on earth, my goal right now is to see every single person that I meet hopefully come with me. And sadly, it's not going to happen. But I'm going to try. Because I, that's important to me. Because they don't see it. They don't see it. They don't see that right now, that's, that's the only thing that matters. That right now, they're going to hell. And right now, there's going to be a time where all those things fail them and they're going to be lost. But I don't want that for my family, for my friends, and even for the people I meet. I don't want that. My purpose. I need to remember my purpose right now. Uh, Ben, can you you come up as as we close? I think in Revelation, it really points out a really key component in this, in the heart behind it. And like I said, I think we see it a lot today in, in our church culture, just all around. And, you know, Jesus, when I'm about to read, Jesus was writing a letter to a church. And this is in Revelation, the end times, and... And I think we can read it and we can say that some of this is happening now. Maybe even in our hearts. A little bit. But Revelations 3, 15 through 17 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot, cold, nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and you do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blinded, and naked. And I believe this. If you don't surrender your plans and your purposes to Christ, that we have a danger of easily becoming just a lukewarm Christianity. Really easy to get there. So are you still living your way? And maybe some of you might be afraid of giving your whole self over to Christ. Maybe you don't want to play your part for X, Y, and Z. You want to define your purpose. You want to live in the world. You want to have Jesus be a part of your life, but not the center of your life. Because you know what it says in the Bible? It says Jesus is divine. He is the center. He's the core. He can't just be a part where like, well, I'll do what I want, and he's alongside me. He's the center of our life. But this, because you have a part to play, you have a purpose, but guess what? That requires a surrendering of your will to Christ. It does. And some of you may feel like you just need a life change. And you need to stop chasing after and pursuing the wrong things in this life, even as I'm talking. Because remember our goal. It is together as a body of Christ to one, have a personal relationship with Jesus, to reach the lost, to make disciples, and to train and teach others to obey God. And why do we do that? So what? Then they can go and do the exact same thing. That is why we do that. This world is temporary, but eternity is what remains. But it really comes down to this for us in 2023. It comes down to this. You have to make, you have to make a choice. Are you willing to surrender your plans and purposes? Even the ones you just like, you know, yeah, sure, I'll keep this one. But what if you gave it to the Lord? 
What if we did? What if we're like, man, you're right. This thing doesn't matter. I'm going to surrender my plans and purposes to the Lord. And say, God, I want your plans and purposes for my life. Use me. Forgive me. I have failed. That there's a step of repentance. Because, you know, that verse in Revelations, it's amazing because that letter, because this is how it continues. After he just said, I'm going to spit you, lukewarm Christians, I'm going to spit you out of your mouth. You're naked. You don't even realize it. But guess what he says next? Verse 19. He says, those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens it, I will come in and I will eat with that person and they with me. That if you felt maybe today that when I was talking that maybe your purposes and plans have not been aligned with Christ and maybe, maybe you've been a lukewarm Christian if you're being honest and you feel that and you haven't fully surrendered Jesus writes in that letter right there that he loves you. The reason he loves you, the reason he's rebuking you, the reason he wants you to change is because he loves you. And he is asking you to reshift, repent, and rebuke you for your wandering eyes because he loves you. And he is saying, guess what? Come back to me. Because if you repent right now, if you repent and say, will, your, your will, Lord, and not mine, all you have to do is open that door again. Because what did it say? It said, he's knocking. He says, here I am. All you have to do is open that door. That Whether you've walked away or whether you feel like you've become a lukewarm Christian, guess what? Today he's standing at the door for you and saying, come on, today you don't make excuses. Today you choose to walk a purpose-filled life for me. Today you choose that. Open the door. I'm knocking again and again. Or maybe you've never really surrendered to him. You're like, yeah, I've done what I want my whole life. Jesus has been a part of my life, not the center of my life. I've said, yes, I believe in Jesus, but my life has not changed at all. If your life has not changed at all, you've never fully surrendered to Jesus. Because when I surrendered to Jesus, my life completely shifted 180 degrees. And yeah, I still mess up. I still make mistakes. I still have issues that I'm dealing with. I'm still growing over my whole life. But my life changed. And that for some of us, if you have no relationship with Jesus, if, if today you just feel like it was a religion and you've never really done that, but today Jesus is also at the door for you. He's, for 2023, he's at the door for you. He wants a relationship with us. He wants to eat with us. That's what it says. And this is at the end. This hasn't even happened yet. So imagine what it feels like now. That's in Revelation. This is happening now. This is the same. Don't wait till it's too late. Don't. All we have to do is say, I surrender to you, Jesus, for your plans and purposes of my life. Because he wants to use you to reach others and fulfill your true purpose on this life on earth. So he wants to use you for it. And so I, I love that today we actually get to take communion because I think it's fitting. In 2023, we come before the feet of Jesus. We say, Jesus, thank you. That we can actually, you know, our purpose is to have a true relationship with, with God. But guess what? The reason we can do that? Because of Jesus. The reason we can reach people for Jesus is because of Jesus. Because of what he did on that cross. Because he died for us, but then he rose again three days later. That we have victory now. We have a purpose to live for. We are New Testament Christians. We have a purpose and a plan for your life. And Jesus offered that. And so today, I just, as, as, as we play, we're just going to have a moment where if you can come up and just take communion and just sit with the Lord. And maybe you need to do some repenting. I do. Guess what? This preached to me before it preached to any of you. And it's still preaching to me. 
Because the world is distracting me from my purpose. And we need to realign. 2023, we need to realign what is God actually asking us to do. What is important? What is he wanting us to do? And so as we take communion here, um, I'm just I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask us to come up and take it and then just spend some time with you and the Lord. Repenting, thanking, whatever you feel like you need to do before the Lord. But we're starting off 2023 right because we're saying we're surrendering to you. And I'm choosing to do it daily, by the way. What does the Bible say? I take up my cross daily and I follow him. That daily we choose. But right now, we are choosing to say, I surrender to you again right now, Jesus. Thank you for the blood blood shed for me, for the body broken for me. And so, Jesus, we just do. Jesus, I just thank you that you tell us to do communion and remembrance of you. Because, Lord, you shed your blood for us. And you shed your body, you broke your body for us. Why? So that we can be whole again. So that once we were sinners, but now we can be seen sanctified and righteous in your eyes, God, if we repent and turn to you. And Lord, I thank you for that. And this morning, as we're taking communion, let's remember the cross that died for our sins, that died for our mistakes, but to remember the afterwards that we can rise up again to and say, I am going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I am not going to be a lukewarm Christian. I'm going to be a Christian on fire for you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we just, we commit this time to you. We commit this time to you. Would you move in our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen.